You're listening to Freud's Angels, where we talk about where the science of the mind meets the spirit of the heart. Each week, we'll discuss ways to create awareness of yourself and your reaction to the world around you today, as well as healing events of the past. I'll be bringing in both traditional and non-traditional psychology concepts, and I'll be bringing the healing through the lens of our heart and how to heal what we discover creating a powerful connection between what our heart needs and what our mind thinks we want. Now we're your hosts. I'm Amy. And I'm Vanessa. Now let's get into the show. Hello, angels. Welcome to episode 75 of the Freud's Angels podcast. We welcome you to a kind of a little bit of a downer. (laughs) We're, we've had great conversation and great laughs today, but we need to talk about something serious because it came up on our live the other day and a great friend, Cheryl had mentioned it and we thought, yes, that's the next podcast. So what are we going to share and what are we going to help the users, the users, our listeners with today? (laughs) (laughs) This is the space we're in today, friends. And this is why it's good to be doing this, this, this podcast in this space, because I think it's, it's really just going to be uh, an, an open and honest conversation that yes, it's going to be a bit of a downer, but I think that that honesty and that, um, that realism of what we're trying to bring into this, this concept, this, this issue is, is it's really needed for us to be in this, this particular mood. But anyways, last episode, we talked about um, our boundaries and um, you know, just getting through the holidays and some of that kind of stuff. And we're going to just kind of continue to build on that um, of something else that comes up over the holidays. Um, we do talk about, you know, what it's going to be like to be around our families, but what happens when there's people missing around the holiday season, you know, um, whether their 3D isn't here or even, you know, just their presence isn't here because they've left your life for whatever reason. Um, and that is that big G grief. Yes. Um, the, the holiday season brings it hard um, and brings all different variations of grief. Um, we think of grief when somebody says it out loud of like grieving the loss of a person who died, right? Like there's this very narrow tunnel vision of what that is, but the reality being that that is a giant spectrum of lots of different things that happen. So I'm, um, I'm excited to see where it goes mostly because of knowing that, you know, our awareness of knowing that we're not going to just talk about one thing and just leave you guys out there hanging that have other types of grief going on right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this can be a happy time for everybody and it can still be a happy time when you're grieving if we are in that mindset, if we are in a good place with whatever it is that we're grieving, I do. Yep. Yes, because contrary to popular belief, you can feel happiness and joy despite feeling grief at the same time. There is a place for both of it. There are two different energies. There is a place it allow. I think when we're grieving something we feel we're meant to not feel good like we we reject the things that would make us feel good because we don't feel we like it's not appropriate to feel good well it's it's natural 
to have both. It's natural. And this, and, and this is just from my perspective. So when we, when, let's talk about loss of a person, because that is the kind of the overarching one that I think everybody can relate to this year, last year, horrible around because not only because of COVID, because of other situations, because of just different things and different reasons why um, people may be grieving over loved ones. Um, but there's a, I think grieving when you, when you have a loss of a loved one, there's two different categories. Mm-hmm. One is, and this is just from my perspective, understand that there's probably tons more out there. One is the person had an illness the person was, you know, elderly or they had, it was like kind of in there, it was in alignment with kind of where they were at with life or they had an extended illness and they were suffering. Those are the types of losses that I feel it's like we slowly assimilate as that person transitions into death. We slowly begin to, we start our grieving process from the point of knowing that that person is starting the process of passing. Yes. So it's almost like we can grieve with the person still there. Yeah. It's, it's not any easier, but it is a little bit more. um, The process is a little bit more fluid than if you have a death or that is sudden like that is tragic or traumatic, or that is like, that just, it just happens. That type of loss can be like, it's so sudden you have no closure. You didn't have that process of grief through, you know, that person slowly transitioning into death. It was like, they were here and then they weren't. And then it was like, you didn't have the time to, process it in your mind, process it energetically in your being or whatever. When, Mm -hmm. when my, and let's go back to the idea of having happiness and joy at at the same time as grief. When my father was dying, I took care of him in the last month of his life. And in that process, when he finally died, I was such at such a point where I didn't really go through the process of grieving as you naturally would. I was grateful that he had passed by the time he had passed Mm -hmm. because of how bad it was because the person that, you know, that in the end that had died was not my father. It was a poor facsimile of, of who he was. And so by the time it was over, I was so grateful he was done suffering. I was Mm -hmm. so grateful that he, that his time and being who I am and being understanding about the other side, understanding our connectivity, being able to connect with them also helps. But I was just grateful that his suffering in the 3D was over. Yeah. I was more the I didn't go through a traditional trajectory of grief. I think as who I am and what I do, I have a different perspective of it. But I know that those who don't, it's hard it's hard to, to, you know, to think that I, I could possibly feel happiness and joy, despite the fact that I'm, I'm sad and I'm, I'm having grief. The happiness and joy is what keeps the light on for you to work through the grief. Yeah. 
-hmm. those moments, those pockets, those little brief moments of like fun or like you go to lunch with a girlfriend and you guys laugh about something or you, you create these pockets of moments where you can be hopeful that you can find your way through the grief. That's what keeps the light on. It's like, you have to allow yourself these moments. You're not, you're not like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that word I'm looking for? You're not, well, no. I'm like, that's my favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that you're not like tarnishing their memory. You're not, yeah. tar- you're not, mm-hmm. you're not betraying them by right. having a laughing lunch with a friend because you needed it, because you needed to come out from underneath an umbrella of grief to see yeah. the sun. Yeah. You're not, you know, dis, you're not, whatever that word is that I'm looking for that's so absent in my brain right now, but you're not dishonoring them by doing that. You're honoring them because you're saying, I need hope that I'm going to work through this grief because sure as hell that they don't want you to not feel like you can get through grief. They want you to laugh. They want you to find joy because they, they want that for you because they understand how hard it is to lose. Sure. And I love, I mean, I I don't know the history of grief. I mean, I know from having a child, I see how, how natural grief can be. Um, But I I do also see how I can teach her, like she's teachable, she's moldable in what to do with that grief, that that sadness comes in for any loss, right? Because anything that we care about, we want to have with us, whether it's a, you know, if you're five, it's a toy or a person, you know, um, but we teach that grief has to come with this big, giant, heavy emotion because we do ceremonies around it. We, you know, speak words about how, um, how it is expressive of our love to feel lost without people. And, you know, like we use all of these big phrases in our, in our society. And I say in our society, because a lot of other societies are way better at at like dealing with grief than we are. We, we tend to overdo it in the, in the negative um, versus bringing it back to that, that honoring in a positive light, which a lot of other um, cultures do, you know, a lot of other cultures, it's, it's almost like, Hey, moment of silence. Okay. Now we celebrate that that person existed. Now we bring out all of those beautiful things that that person taught us. And, you know, that knowledge that their spirit is not out there saying, Hey, you guys need to be miserable for the rest of your life or else I'm going to believe you didn't love me, you know, like, (laughs) and that, you know, kind of changing that, that narrative, I think is, is, would be a beautiful thing to be able to do community wise, you know, society wise, to be able to say like, we get that you're going to be sad you know, I'm sad when I, when I, you know, lose something, but the, the idea is that I don't need to be sad forever, that I can have joy and that I will have to choose it because the other option of being in grief for the rest of my life, because that person's not coming back. That's, that's a choice at that point that I can make. And that is a choice that I can make in, in another way. Um, but yes, yeah, like the, the, when you said that it's not appropriate, I was like, yes, that's what it feels like. And that's what people say. It's not appropriate. What are you, what are you so happy at? Somebody said something the other day about people laughing at a funeral. And I was like, I'm Irish. So <laughs> like, people are drinking and getting happy because, you know, 
that's they're happy to be around each other. They're happy that for the people who, who are, are still there to be able to spend that time with, they're happy of the idea that, you know, that person is in a good place, you know, like a lot of, you know, the Catholic beliefs of, you know, Hey, she's in heaven now. That's good. You know, like she's, you know, like, or we've gained a guardian angel. Like we, you know, if she can't be here, at least she's wherever, you know, and, and like having that different mindset really changes things. I mean, we shouldn't be called cold hearted if we can move on. And that goes for any kind of grief. We should not have to feel that it is appropriate to be miserable. And that's what we're made to feel (laughs) is that the only appropriate response to loss is misery. That's so wrong. It's so wrong, but it's reality. That's what we do. Right. So again, like I'm seeing it through my mom eyes now and my, my therapy mom eyes are a little bit different of how I teach my daughter. When we say goodbye to things, we don't do that in our house. We, we can be sad, you know, like she, she has the ability to curl up in my lap and say, I really miss so-and-so, you know, when we have that moment of being like, you know, sitting in it and being like, yeah, I mean, it's okay to be sad, but Hey, you know, like, thankfully we had that person in our lives or there'll be other times and, you know, we've got each other and, you know, just kind of that kind of stuff to get through that moment. And then she's up and having a good time. Not that much later. I'm not telling her like, Hey, we're supposed to be sad today. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like calm down. We're sad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's like no I want you to do that I want you to have pauses and then moving on with your life because you don't need to be miserable if you don't want to be and nobody wants to be children are so more connected with the ebb and flow of emotion and allowing it to be what it is because to them which they're right and us adults have it wrong (laughs) in a sense of like grief isn't just this constant wait for some it is i'm not devaluing that i'm not invalidating your grief if you feel it just as this constant wait some people that's how they experience it but a lot of people will experience it ebb and flow like you'll have happy times and you'll laugh and you'll play and you'll do the things you want to and then when that moment comes where you feel that loss you talk about it and say i'm really sad and i feel this way Mm -hmm. that's the process that's like, you know, that's kids have it dialed in so much better than adults do. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who have this overwhelming, suppressive grief, please, please, please know that it's okay to laugh. It's okay to have a moment of relief to not feel it, that you deserve that, that the process of grief, while we all deal with it in different ways, you're going to it's okay to do it in any way Mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong and just because you laugh isn't you dishonoring your loved one that you've lost it is celebrating them it is celebrating their presence in your life it is you know we have to you know go back to the idea of just celebrating the fact that we got to spend our life with them celebrating the fact that we got to 
experience their energy and that there's a part of them in us in in a sense, because we carry that energy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that um, for those who have traumatic death and traumatic loss, it's a little bit more complicated Mm -hmm. because one minute you're okay. And the next minute you're thrown into this whirlwind of grief and not knowing and not knowing. And this is just an aside. This is just, I'm going to say something as an aside. I'm going to give a piece of advice as, as a healer, as a human. I think that if you have any type of loss, especially a traumatic loss, please go seek a medium. Please go seek and give them, give it time. um, Because it sometimes takes a while for them to cross, especially when it's traumatic, but at some point, go seek a medium, go talk to the person who you've lost, go find closure. Because when you have trauma, you have no closure because you don't know what the hell has happened. You don't know why you don't know what's going on, Mm -hmm. but whether you're a believer or not, I encourage you to seek one because it helps the process. It helps knowing that you have, you still have contact with that loved one regardless, regardless, you can do it on your own, but the grief overpowers our natural abilities to be intuitive. And so seek it, seek someone to share with you that they're okay. And to maybe give you a little bit of closure to maybe give you sometimes, you know, people carry that survivor's guilt. Maybe you need alleviation of some of that. Seek, seek a medium. That's my professional and personal advice. I have had many friends who have lost loved ones out of the blue, like no, um, no, like reason, no valid reason other than it just happened. And the first thing I do is I go find my favorite medium and I schedule them an appointment and say, you need to go talk to your loved one. And it helps. It helps. So that's just an aside, because, you know, it's the, it's tis the season. Um, it's hard, especially around the holiday season. Cause you, you kind of want to talk with your loved ones. You want to, you know, let them know that you're thinking of them and that they're with you. Um, some people in some cultures, I think, especially over in Ireland will leave a, a, a plate and a spot at the table for that person. It's a common practice. Many cultures practice it differently, but, you know, find a way to honor them. If it feels good, you know, take that time to leave a plate for them for the holidays, you know, uh, you know, take a moment to maybe just by yourself reminisce about whatever, how they impacted your holidays. You know, I think of my dad and making me peel potatoes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) That, that was me. I was the potato peeler, um, you know, and, and us cooking Thanksgiving dinner together. Cause it was our favorite holiday and it was our favorite. And despite everyone else that was there, we always spent time together or a moment together with each other. So. Right. And revisiting those memories is the proof that people don't leave when they leave in the 3d. And that's what, um, what we try to teach when there's grief counseling going on of the, like that connection that you're talking about of like, um, 
you know, just really separating the two and being like, okay, you know, like, yes, you're not going to feel their physical presence anymore, but these memories that, that last and the feeling that they give you the warmth that you can create from that, that is the proof that they don't leave, you know, that, that these are snapshots in time and that we are, you know, ever flowing energy bodies, you know, energy fields and, you know, soul connections and, you know, just kind of like, opening it up to being able to say that connection doesn't end because the body isn't here and that you may not be able to contact them like a medium does, but they're always with you because you know them because you know how they make you feel, you know, the things that they say, you know, what their voice sounds like in your head, right? Like we can all (laughs) take a second and think of somebody that we love that has passed and hear something that they used to say, yep. right? And that's the proof that they don't leave. You know, that that yes, we may miss them in the physical and miss some of the things that we do with them. And that's okay to feel sad for it. Um, but the other thing that, um, and I wrote it down when you were talking, is that heavy grief that people can't get through, right? Or they feel like they can't get through. We are not invalidating that. However, if you do feel that, definitely reach out because there's more going on than just grieving the loss of that person. There is, um, when, when that kind of thing happens, there's a weight that has been put on that person by you that it's like taking your power, right? Like, so there's some power that that person had of yours that you now feel you don't have. And that's that loss that you're feeling. You're feeling something, whether it's the only person who you ever felt accepted and loved you as who you are, right? You put that on that, that one human being as the only possibility and now they're gone. So now you feel like nobody will ever love you or accept you for who you are and you will stay in that deep, dark place unless you process that and unless you find your value and put that piece back into you. Um, that happens most of the time with people who are dealing with extreme heavy grief, that there's something that's going on that can be remedied so that there can be some freedom from that. So that some of this mindset can shift to having more of the positive and less of the negative grief. Um, It's, yeah, I mean, it really, I think that that's like in conjunction (laughs) to a medium, to be honest, because I think both things have huge value, huge, because, um, you know, I've, I've told the story a million times of what it was like to, to lose my friend Holly and to feel it. It was the first time ever that somebody left the world. And I felt it because like at the time that it happened, I felt it in my body because of that spiritual connection that I had made with her. And who knows if that's a life, you know, lifetimes long, I don't know because I haven't explored that, but I felt it and I knew it and it was horrible. It was horrible. Like I was, I I mean, I felt lost for a couple hours until I realized what happened, but then I was able to get an answer very quickly through my Oracle cards that she was okay. And I felt infinitely better right away, mostly because I knew her. Right. So I said to myself, this girl who was extremely powerful spiritually just became more powerful, <laughs> right? Like she's up there saying, dude, I just left and I came through your cards. Like, I am so good. 
I am so good right now. <laughs> like I'm in, like I'm in this place and it's, and, and I'm okay. And that, I mean, it really changed things. Did I mourn her still? Of course. Do I still have sad moments? Of course. There are times where her, her voice comes into my head and I would say, oh man, I wish I could just call her, you know, and hear her say something different. Yeah. Right. Like, but you know, Hey, she's here all the time, you know? And I know that through that experience and through that experience, it actually helped me understand that concept that I was talking about before that nobody left. So now when I'm in the kitchen and I hear something, I know who it is. And it's like nothing. I didn't hear it auditory or anything like that, but I'll know the difference between when I'm getting guidance from my grandma or when I'm getting guidance from my aunt, you know, like I hear my aunt tell me stuff (laughs) like somehow all the time. And that is so soothing to me. So even when I miss her on her birthday, I am able to say, I know you're still here though. You know, like your soul, your spirit, you don't, you didn't really, I miss your hugs. Yeah, I do. But you would want me to be happy. And here I am. You better believe it. Because, you know, I, I think it's that old Victorian idea of grieving yeah. that we have to stay in grieving forever, yeah. but it's not the case anymore. No, I'm no. so sorry, friends. <laughs> <It's okay>. I, <laughs> oh my gosh. Out of that yawn came out of left field, yeah. um, but it's not the case. So let's talk about other facets of grief. What else we could be grieving losses of many things of pets of jobs of losing losing like maybe covid hit you hard and you lost other situational things like houses or apartments or maybe maybe you're going through struggles of a divorce right now and you're you're having to decide who gets the kids for what holiday that relationships are huge around the holiday people do not like going through relationship stuff around the holiday, especially if they feel lonely. Yep. That's a lot of grieving, a lot of grieving of what was. Mm -hmm. Um, When I had left my three stepchildren in Canada, I left them on Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving, because Canadian Thanksgiving is in October, but um, I left that week. Yeah. And then, you know, and then Christmas was the following month and it was like Christmas didn't mean anything to me without the kids. It w- it really changed my idea of the holidays mm-hmm. and, and shifted how I feel about them because I didn't have them. And it was a really hard adjustment. Um, so there are so many things that, that we can find grief in over the holidays. And if you don't know what you're grieving, I mean, sometimes we just feel it and we don't yeah. know it. Why? Um, make sure to just take a moment for yourself, even if you don't get an answer and just sit with it and say like, what is making me feel grief? What do I feel like I'm missing? Mm-hmm. What, what do I feel like I've lost? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and take that time to really talk with yourself about it, you know, and, and to really, what other forms of grief do we want to talk about, Vanessa? Well, I think the relationship thing is humongous. Okay. Um, around the times of holidays for, for, for that reason, people don't like to um, be alone on the holidays for a good reason, you yep. know, like, because everybody, especially now in social media land, you see everybody out there with their families and you're like, hi, I'm 
over here by myself and nobody loves me. Right. Like that's, that's the, the, the feeling that a lot of people get. Yeah. And, you know, in Vanessa world, everything is made up. And so is <laughs> like <laughs> that whole concept and family. And I love family time, but I also understand that these were all made up that these could be like, we could do quote unquote Thanksgiving on July 15th. If we wanted to also, you know, yeah. like, because whatever, but it just happens to be, there's so much weight on these holidays. There's so much talking about how this is where love is. And this is where family is. And these are the, the, the structured ways in which you celebrate life and love and family. And when you're not feeling attached to that or to anybody, um, it really gets, you know, it gets hairy. They, you know, there's the joke about this being cuffing season where people will enter into relationships um, simply for the reason that they don't want to be alone over the holidays, that it's not even based in, in uh, real connection, but it's just based in not wanting to be lonely while everybody else seems to have a person. And um, that is, you know, it, it, it hurts everybody in those situations, but it's that temporary feeling that people are going after getting out of that pain temporarily and being able to, you know, postpone for at least a short period of time, that feeling of loneliness now. And like we talked about with the other grief, the other forms of grief, this is a thing to go get help for, right? <laughs> if like the great, wonderful Wayne Dyer said, if you, you know, if you're never alone, if you like the person you're with yeah. and <laughs> That's one of my favorite quotes because it's something that um, I became in touch with a long time ago, but I always appreciate it. I love that I like spending time with myself. I don't feel lonely when I'm alone. I love it actually because I, you know, get to do whatever I want, which is, you know, my thing. But, um, you know, that's, that's something when you have deep, deep loneliness. When you are alone, you want to go to find somebody who can help you figure out where that's coming from and bring in some more of that, um, that self empowerment that allows you to exist in those spaces in an okay way. You know, you may not be skipping around like I'm so alone on Thanksgiving, you know, but being okay with it and having your own thing be just as happy as it could be. Um, otherwise, but yeah, so there, there's, I mean, I think relationship stuff is huge when you, um, you know, gift giving, stuff like that. Um, we're going to unpack that later. Yeah. (laughs) Like being, being alone on the holidays and nobody's giving me no gifts and, you know, all, all of that again, made up stuff, but it makes me feel bad. I, I used to feel like I never had a relationship over the holidays and I never got gifts. But then when I was married over the holidays, I never really got the gift that really I wanted. Yeah. Because yeah. it wasn't about the gifts the same way it's not about the cake. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you talk about, you know, if you talk about the singlehood, let's go back to being single and the idea of meeting and thinking that, if, if you look at it, well, I get that we want to share love and we think that, you know, having a family equals love and honey, it, it, it's just, it's not the case. It's not you. We have over the, over Thanksgiving, we have friends giving, we have a group of friends who were all single, but one of us <laughs> and 
um, we come together. We love each other. We bring the sense of love and we bring that sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's a far better way of spending a holiday than trying to find somebody to be with, like in a relationship, because I don't, I don't want people see it as just momentarily. They see this feeling around holidays as like this momentarily feeling. I need to feel this way in this moment. I don't want to feel this way just in this moment. I want to feel this way all the time. Amen. All the time. I want to be like, it's Christmas every day. Yes. And And it's always accessible. Right. I don't want to sacrifice my my beliefs, my well-being, my my morals. I don't want to sacrifice all the things that I need in my life for one day, for one season, for a month. You know, that's not worth it to me because I've done that before and it's not worth it. Yeah. If you're single and you're experiencing the holidays, first of all, if you're a social person, think about how many holiday parties you can go crash. That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> COVID distance, social distancing, whatever. I wasn't jealous until just then. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. And think of it this way too, is that you have no obligation of people to buy gifts for, and you're not going to be disappointed in the gift they give you because generally <laughs> if you're a female, you'll understand this. Like if you, if you're a heterosexual, you'll understand that a lot of times the guys miss the mark or they miss what it is you really want for even or, if you tell them, yeah, even if you send them <laughs> pictures in your Pinterest board of everything you want for Christmas, they are still going to screw it up somehow. No, they're not. They're well, yeah. In their mind, they're like, I'm, you're, you're not going to tell me what to do. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. But I want, this is one instance where you need to. <laughs> Guys, I love you, but sometimes you miss the mark on giving. Sorry. I really do. I really feel that, that they just, they're logical. Yeah. They don't mind if they, well, I feel them because I am. I mean, I, I'm like a guy when I give gifts, it's really not, I just, it's never, it's always out of left field. So it it just is, but anyway, yeah. So like, and you can create whatever emotion and experience you want to without having to consider what everybody else wants, because if you want to go and go Christmas caroling, you go Christmas caroling with a bunch of friends. If you want to go you know, have, if you decide that, you know what, this Christmas, I ain't spending it in the snow. I'm going to go to the freaking Bahamas. Bye. Bye. Because you got no one else that you really need to consider other than yourself. There is a really great advantage to being single on the holidays. Now, do we want love? Of course we want love, but don't sacrifice everyday love, like everyday feeling like it's Christmas for a month you know, don't just don't do it. It's not right. You're, you're going to end up ho- ho- brokenhearted on the other end of it. Cause it wasn't what that holiday you, what, you didn't create the alchemy of it, you know, just because you had it for one, you know, you just decided I like this person because we're going to be in a relationship. So I can feel like I'm it okay. It creates more grief on yeah. the back end. Because again, like when we're, we're grieving, we're, we're like, Hey, I lost something that I wanted or, you know, something didn't turn out the way that it used to, or I expected, um, you know, and I'm feeling some pain due to that, that's going to happen. 
right? I mean, other than, you know, people who are sociopaths out there, they're maybe not going to feel that at the end, you know, when they dump whoever it is that got them through the holiday. But for most people that are, are doing things out of that desperation on the other end of it, if you're a good, decent human being, you're going to feel bad. Um, you're going to, um, you know, possibly treat that other person not very well because they're not going to be able to give you what you want in a relationship because you didn't go about it the right way of getting into a relationship. So then when the breakup happens, you will be another epic failure in your mind. And (laughs) that comes with another grief cycle. So (laughs) if we want to avoid grief cycles, we have to not perpetrate grief cycles in those ways. Right. And again, like we're not talking about the, those death situations, you know, we've kind of, we're stepping into a different type of grief um, that we're talking about, but we absolutely create our own grief cycles as well. It's not always, uh, you know, God or the universe's work. It's many times our own um, of, of, you know, things that we create because we feel, we feel the grief and we want a bandaid over it. You know, I, I, people who are um, doing that whole, let's get into a relationship. They may be thinking nostalgically about a Christmas where they were with somebody that they loved and they're grieving the loss of that love, that feeling of love, that warmth, that family, that whatever it is that, that made them feel that certain way. And again, getting into something based on a grief cycle, you're going to create another one. You're going to relive that loss. You are going to reopen that trauma wound and that is not going to be helpful so when you're in that that space of mind you I mean I obviously I'm going to advocate for getting help but if you're feeling like you need to do this on your own there's plenty of resources plenty of resources out there for you to start some of that self-work uh some of that shadow work of you know why am I why do I feel like the completion of me is another person and um the, the, the holiday season only being meaningful with, a, with that completion person. Um, how come I can't have a meaningful existence as, as a, the meaningful being that I am, you know, um, with my freedom. So that's, I mean, that is definitely one major, another major part of the, the holidays that brings grief to people. Um, and then I think probably the trifecta one is like, finances. Yeah. A lot of people have lots of sadness around the holidays about finances, whether it's you can't travel to your family because of finances, or maybe you had a rough year this year and you didn't make as much money or the pandemic really hit you very hard. You may be grieving, you know, your financial situation. And um, that can really put some people in deep, deep holes. We're, we'll talk about, you know, we have a separate episode planned for like kind of Christmas gift giving stuff, but this being, you know, the over the, the all encompassing feeling of, you know, that, that, that grief that, that comes from your financial situation, not being ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Money is such a big thing. Well, especially, you know, if you have been affected by the pandemic and in a negative way and, um, it's hard because when you, I'll give you an example. When we were kids, my mother, her love language is giving gifts. It's just who she is. 
I never liked it. I never was akin to her love language. Um, but one year she got laid off because of whatever reason. And so she started working at another job and it paid her far less than what she was making at the other place. And so what came around time around Christmas, the, the gifts were like half as much as what we used to get, like, which to me, it created a very distorted sense of Christmas in our, in our wee little children's brains. And, you know, and so when we had that, that Christmas, that was half as much, I noticed in my mom, how much it affected her and how much she felt that she didn't meet the mark, that she wasn't able to give us enough, even though it was very skewed to begin with. And as kids, we had a reaction. My brothers had their reaction. Where's all the presents? You know, why, you know, yeah, there's that sense of waking up and there's presents under the tree and, and how exciting is that? But we had a very skewed expectation. And my mom really suffered for a long time about that. And about the fact that she wasn't able to give us those Christmases any longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was hard for her. And I, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to struggle with financially. Um, but if it means putting food on the table versus buying your children presents, there's an easier way to celebrate Christmas than to buy presents with your yes. kids. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be, like, as you were talking, I was like, that episode is going to be bomb.com because <laughs> I think like, that's an area that, you know, we're really going to be able to explore and be creative and, and, you know, really recreate love in all these different ways that have, that have little to nothing to do with finances um, because of, because of that understanding that, that it doesn't equal love and that love is what we're looking for all this. I mean, grief, but what, what is it that they say, right? Grief is the absence of love. It's love with no place to go. You know, like I'm not absence of love, but like grief with no, the love has no space. It has no container. We have all this love and we have no place to put it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so, you know, when we think about like the, the idea of, you know, we love money. We do. We love being able to have it. We love being able to travel with it. We love being able to do with it what we like around the holiday seasons when people are getting lots of gifts and when people are traveling and people are sometimes going on vacations because their kids are on vacation, we may go through that grief cycle. You know, we get angry, we start to bargain, you know, like we have sadness, you know, and, and like all of these things can happen and we might not really understand that that is a grief cycle, that we're grieving the absence of money or that we, we have love for it. (laughs) And then it doesn't feel like it has love for us. So we have no place to put that love. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. And that's, you know, that's a harder one. I feel, I've, I really feel for people who um, have grief over their finances and not just over the holidays, because I know what it's like. I know how shitty that feels to sit and be like, I can't do things because I don't have money, you know, and how that can throw you into a real big self-worth problem um, because of that equating your, your financial worth with your worth as a human being. 
And yeah. again, like we, we just start to hit these really deep cycles of grief um, of what we used to have or what we should have had. And, you know, really it can, it can get pretty ugly. So um, if that's you and you're listening and you feel like that's, um, that's hitting home, we will be doing that episode um, that, that focuses solely on that financial mumbo jumbo (laughs) this time of year. Yeah. The financial, you know, impact as well. And I can't wait till we talk about it because I've got some stories. (laughs) I think we both do. I mean, like, I really, like, as you were talking, I was like, this is going to be like, this is going to be one of those catharsis for us. but good for the listener because they're hearing the realness and that's where the beauty and the value is. Like I can spit, I can spit book stuff at you. Great. But when it does, when it comes with that meaning of like experience that hits very, very, very differently. Yes. Um, And I'll say this on this one and I'll say it on the other one, you know, it's yeah, I am still unpacking my childhood response to gifts. I am 40 something years old. Mm -hmm. I am still unpacking the effects of how my mother celebrated Christmas. I'm still unpacking it, still dealing with it, (laughs) still layers of it, layers of it. Every time I I feel like I get (laughs) to a certain space, I just, it's like, again, I'm like, I'm hit with it. And I'm like, really, really? I did this already. No. So 40 yeah. something years so, of unpacking so my mother's need to love us through giving us gifts. Mm-hmm. So parents yeah. just, just to do this as a PSA. Yeah. I just Deeply don't ingrained, right? Like how it got written on your tablet, right. As a kid. And that's very hard to erase, yeah. especially when it's a societal thing, right? Yeah. If it's not, if it's completely abnormal, it's a lot easier. Honestly, if something happened in your house that was super abnormal and you go out into the world and you're like, Oh, okay. It's way easier to assimilate than when you're like, Oh, you know, gift giving doesn't mean love. Oh, look around though. I mean, apparently it does. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Every freaking holiday you gift, you give gifts. Okay. But it does mean that, right? Like you're that little part of your brain is like, yes, it does. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Yep. That reptilian part of my brain is always like, oh, this person didn't give you a gift. They don't love you. Yeah. They don't love you. Like if I don't really have any gifts for the holidays, like I'm like, wow, I don't have any friends. I don't have anybody who loves me. Like serious thoughts I've had in the past about this. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, I don't want, that's not true. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy how, how it gets in there. And that's what all of this is about. Sorry. I didn't mean to listeners. No, it's the Lord's name in this, but no, it's perfect because that is what it's like. It really, it really is all of this, right? Like, so to bring it all encompassing to that theme, that's what this all is created things that are created and programmed within us that we suffer from. forever until we are able to put a stop to it. And sometimes it is, you know, it's hard to take us to put a stop to it. Like I tell anybody who has a panic attack, we're going to, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but until you have your next panic attack, which I cannot induce so that I can stand next to you and, and feed you 
these ideas to try. It's going to be trial and error when it shows up. And guess what, y'all? We get one opportunity a year because the big holiday season only happens once a year. So that's why it takes us years to get through it, years to process it, years to feel healed is because we don't get the opportunity to to be in the emotion. We can't recreate the emotion in July. Right. We just can't right. because it does, it's not the time of year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. My birthday, I've made it through because I've gotten through my birthday, you know, because I've created the birthday I want, but holidays, whole nother story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of this, like all of this grief that we feel about not having things and loss of people and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, we can really choose to think of it as partial programming and mostly programming and the rest being our true innate feelings because we love connection. And if we don't have it, we feel sad. And that's, that's the truth. And that's valid, but so much of it is invalid programming that was drilled into our heads of this is what you're supposed to have, feel, think, and do. And if you do not, it is inappropriate and, or you need to hurry up and, and, and jump into something different um, so that you do look appropriate. I know that's how I feel like this is my head on a basis is why did people make up such things that make everybody so miserable I'm always thinking everything that makes somebody miserable that that I feel was created by humankind I get so upset like we don't have to live like this we truly do not have to live miserable existences we don't some advertising campaign out there has created this sense of need for us to do for us to feel what we feel i mean this is a whole nother podcast but (laughs) around christmas time especially because what did you get at christmas in the the days before tv and freaking social media what did you get you didn't get an orange yeah or something that somebody made. They made you a right. top and right. you placed it on Christmas morning. You getting orange so you didn't have scurvy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on a pirate ship. Right? <laughs> like, you got things like desserts, like food, like if you had the money. Like kids, like freaking Christmas didn't happen. The way, I mean, if you look at like Austria's celebration of Christmas and Krampus and like he's like not Father Christmas at all he is, no. like, he is far from it but it was it's the anti-body you were on his list yes yeah like, and then, yeah there there will used to be a um it wasn't a podcast it was on one of those like streaming radio stations Mm-hmm. where it was the 10 worst Christmas traditions in the world. Yeah. And it was like, I, I just, friends, this, we created a monster. <laughs> so many ways. So, so, some advertising campaign, some marketing guru created all these advertising campaigns to make us feel guilty for being human. Sure. Sure. Especially when, I mean, you can even go down the Christianity route and be like, yeah. So what did Jesus get from being born? Yeah. Some incense. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like pr- pretty, you know, pretty low key. 
when you really think about it in, in terms of like, it's not grandiose, it's useful. It's something honoring. It's something that, you know, that, that the price tag doesn't matter. It's the meaning behind it. You know, so even if, you know, even if you're going down that Christianity route, it still does not excuse, excuse the commercialism of it because yeah. it's not about giving big expensive gifts. It's about giving meaningful experiences or, you know, things that, that can enhance people's lives in a positive way. We've created it to be like, oh, this toy is going to make me so happy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For, For five, minutes. five minutes. Right. I mean, <laughs> we're going, we're about to go through all of that you know, in our next podcast, but in our house, we're going through it too. <laughs> and it's an interesting, it's interesting to see some of the things that eked through that I've tried to, you know, not allow in, in the house, like to, to the tradition to change and seeing like, Oh, some of the, some of that still gets through because you can't help it. You know, the world around us has, has created this monster and it's up to us as healers and human to human to to change it to bring it back to that center of you know the the worth of these holidays being ourselves and feeling good whatever that means if it means family great if it doesn't mean family you are not less than we are not going to shun you we are not going to call you a sociopath path we are not going to say that you are too introverted and whatever if you decide not to give gifts, you are not a Grinch or, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge, <laughs> you know, like it's, there's so many things to undo that create this season being so full of grief for so many people. It is not what it was meant to be. No. Right. I mean, I, I want y'all to be really thinking about this. I really want you to be internalizing the idea that grief has been ingrained in us. It is not natural that we can change that. And that other people, of course, there's going to be pushback from the people who programmed it in you. Yep. But True. if you want to feel better, you can, if you want to change the way that grief affects you, you absolutely can. And it is appropriate (laughs) for you to feel however it is that you feel. And I want people to feel less deep grief. I don't want that to feel appropriate. I don't. I want people to have their moments. And then I want them to say, hey, I'm still alive. And I'm going to carry that person with me and allow that person to continuously guide me. So the rest of my days will be happy. Yeah. Yes. So much. Yes on that it's my dream for everyone <laughs> me too me too i just the dreamers over here i yeah because i i dream of a place where everybody has the ability to connect with them on some in some way when they need to for comfort yeah not having them in the physical presence it's hard because mm-hmm. like you miss the hugs you miss the you you miss the the events together you miss the moments together but what has happened can help you know, the moments you've had will help you through those moments, but having that connectivity and that you can talk to them at any time. You could just be like, you know, I say it all the time. I talk to dad and I hear his voice and I hear him laughing and I hear, you know, you know, him just teasing me and, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and calling me silly 
And, you know, and, but I also hear him encouraging me and loving me and telling me that I can do it and that I can have, so it's possible. It's possible to connect. Yeah. Always. And that it's real, right? Like that's why when, when we have those conversations and we say, well, what would they tell you? Right? Like if, you, if, if you're, if it's say your grandmother who passed, if your grandma was here, what, what would she tell you? And if, and you can make it up, right? Yeah. That's the proof that they're there because you're going to say it to yourself just like they would say it to you. Yep. So their presence doesn't dictate whether or not you hear the message. Yep. The message is there because you know them because you, you do hear them. We yep. just don't see it that way. <laughs> we, we don't choose to see it that way sometimes because of, um, you know, the way that society has taught us to, or not, you know, I mean, I've had people <laughs> come in and be like, you're not going to hospitalize me if I tell you I hear voices, right? <laughs> and I was like, depends on what the voices are telling you. <laughs> yep. As long as I'm telling you good things and encouraging things, we're good with those voices. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what I say. Depends on what they're telling you. <laughs> because it's not the presence of that, you know, that connectivity. We want that. I want to, I, we encourage that because it is the proof that the body is temporary and the spirit is forever. True. And we want the spirit. I don't care about the body. I care about the spirit. <laughs> yeah. The only time I care about the body is when I need something fixed. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, <laughs> truly, I need to care more about my body. I almost broke my wrist doing a cartwheel yesterday, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. And when, you know, it's funny because my dad being always the fixer, being always the car mechanic, being always the person that I brought things to to fix. Like whenever I need something fixed, I'm like, dad, I need somebody and I need some help now. And sure enough, somebody will randomly show up that can do that kind of thing. And I'm like, thanks dad. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> like, it's right. they're all working. You don't for- need him to be there. You don't need the, the telephone yeah. to tell you what he's going to tell you. Yeah. No, for sure. Anyway, we hope that as tangential as we are, that we helped you create some understanding around grief, maybe led you to some of your own epiphanies around grief, around what that is, and, and maybe gave you some hope that it is possible to um, manage through the holidays in a way that you can still enjoy the season at, while having the grief in tandem, that it is possible. Mm-hmm. If you need help, Vanessa is a beautiful holistic counselor. She can help in, in processing grief and managing through it. If you need help, just you need some good cheer and you need some energy and you need just to be alleviated of the energy of grief. I'm here to help in that way. So reach out to either of us through Freud's angels or through our own pages and, and we'll help you. We'll see what we can do and we'll see how we can assist you on this wild ride of grief and holidays and whatever else you're experiencing. We love you guys. And we hope to hear from you next week. Take care. Love y'all. Thank you for joining us on Freud's Angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram 
at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light.